look at that. Bible Buds. Bible Buds, we're back. Uh, it's been a little bit. It feels like it's been a really long time with everything that's been going on. Yeah, it dude. It feels like it's been like a month or more. The world is on fire, Daryl. It is, but I think it's on fire in a good way. Me too. These seem to be necessary times to uh, to For move sure. things along in a positive way. Uh, I also just want to say to the listeners out there that um, we've been really doing our best to like try to make these these remote things happen with guests and make it an enjoyable listening experience. But we do realize we've had some flaws recently, and it's just yeah, been last tough. episode was a little rough. It's been tough. We're doing our best to try to uh, do this with people that have, you know, the capabilities of recording their end if we're going to have to keep doing this remotely. But, uh, you know, we're doing we're our thing. We're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. Um, yeah, the world is... Man, it's... I know that we're, like, in a little bit of a bubble here in Portland, but um, it fucking blows my mind that anybody would just be like... Yeah, no, I don't. St- I don't stand for equality for everyone. Yeah, like I get that there's a lot of other layers behind it, and that that's not what they're actually like sa- like saying. But ultimately, that's what it comes down to. I mean, they're just lacking the education and the right like knowledge to know that like you standing against this movement is standing against equality for all people. Um, and it's at, in 2020, it's just fucking mind blowing. And it's like, damn, you know, as someone who has done, you know, at least some uh, self-education on systemic racism and things, it's just like, I, I get the fucking anger because it's like, how much has changed in the last fucking 50 to 70 to 100 years? Like when you boil it down, like not that much. And you don't get to like a point at Obama in the White House and be like, "Look, we we fixed it." It's like no. When you look at when you look at the the whole system, like things are are pretty similar to how they how they were, um, and how they've been for a long time. So, yeah, it's it's pretty mind blowing to see. Uh, I really see it in in the. Uh, because again, amongst my friends here in Portland, like I think I don't I don't know anybody personally who's like I know like one dude who like I barely knew in college who's posting uh, shit on Facebook like against this movement. He's like the only person that I know. Um, but if you go into the comment sections on like an Instagram post or a Facebook post that has a lot of followers, you will see quickly. Um, that there are a lot of motherfuckers out there who don't get it. Yeah, dude, there's it's it is absolutely mind blowing some of the things that are circulating on the Facebook, especially maybe people here in Oregon posting something from someone that owns a business, maybe somewhere in Beaverton or one of these suburbs or southern Oregon, and they post this incredibly racist shit. And it's it's just like mind blowing the things that these people will say on the Internet, like knowing that people are going to, you know, like torch them for it. It's, yeah, and if you're a small business owner, it's just like you're basically doxing yourself. Yeah. Like you're fucked now. 
You're so fucked. And and all this to say, before we get into this conversation, I just want to say, you know, we're two white dudes who want to have a, a productive conversation about what's happening. Um, but I want to acknowledge that fact that, um, and, and, and I think we'll get into this, but like, um, I think it's really important for white people to acknowledge, even white people who think or really feel like they're on the right side of this, like to be anti-racist is to acknowledge that you are a little bit racist. Like you can't not be, you can't not be a little bit in the society that you were grown up, like, like born out of. And it, it doesn't mean that you are hateful in terms of your bias towards other races. I think that there's like th- these terms like racism and white fragility um, on the surface maybe sound like a little bit condescending. And, and I get that. But but they are it is what like pretty much all white people have within them. Um, and, you know, I'm doing my best to try to kind of work through a lot of that shit and, and have been for for a while now, but especially now. Um, and yeah, I just think it's important to acknowledge that like, it's okay. It's, it's okay to, uh, to acknowledge that within yourself. Cause that's like, it's the first step towards change. Um, but there's, there's no way that you can remove yourself and say like, I am not. Um, and again, it doesn't mean that you're like a hateful racist, but to say that you have no racism within you whatsoever, no bias within you whatsoever is not helpful. For um, sure. Yeah. There, there's probably some prejudice within you. And, yes. uh, and it's, it's because of the system, you know, that we've been raised in too. You know, it's, it's been hammered right. into our brain that way. Exactly. Which is why we gotta, we gotta burn the motherfucker down. Yeah. Um, for sure. And, and you spoke of us being, yeah, we are, we are two white dudes having this conversation, but also like, these are, the conversations that we need to be having, like with other white people, for uh, sure. it's not, it's one of the things Cause like, I don't know. It's this spot where you have to do this equal amount of listening to people and mm-hmm. talking about this as a white person, mm-hmm. I think, but also yeah, listening, think- listening to black people and kind of like letting them lead in some way i was at one of the i was at one of the protests last night and uh the dude that was speaking was just saying you know like have conversations but you know let us lead this movement and absolutely be the example for that and uh and then you and i can get together and have conversations about the interesting shit that we've heard the leaders of this movement the people of color of this movement what they're what they're saying yeah those are the voices that we need to hear right now um but what we shouldn't do uh necessarily and it's different right but like if you have like a, a tertiary tertiary um friend who's a person of color like you shouldn't go have that conversation with that person that person already knows this shit right it's exhausting to them but we need to have the conversation as white people with each other the things that we're learning the things that we're educating ourselves on the things that we're hearing uh, so i think you're you're absolutely right in that regard like it's not a it's not just to sit down and listen to sit down and listen and then like let's talk about it amongst ourselves so that we can like be the best allies and be a part of this movement the way that we need to be 
Yeah, because it's not on them to educate us. This is not their problem. This is a white, no. you know. This is absolutely like our problem in that in that way. And uh, yeah, even I know I sent you that video earlier about that. It was the it was like a really short clip of these two dudes talking about racism in in Christianity, and it's a uh, it's this black guy speaking about how we need to you know quit equating human with white and right right um you know making sure that that is kind of removed from uh from the thing and then you know as far as like the christianity thing and into the the jesus stuff is yeah we got to put an end to this white jesus thing too you know, and, and this yeah, assumption absolutely. that, you know, Jesus was a white man, especially from where he descended from, is it's kind of crazy. And I think it's OK to, like, maybe portray Jesus as white as long as you have an equal representation of him as other colors right. as well. And, you know, right. I mean, I think any educated person uh, at this point understands, like, we're the way the world works, like people understand that Jesus was not fucking white. You know, I don't like, know if everybody understands though. These are our I, issues right I now. Do, I think that, I think that <laughs> if I sit down with, I think if I sit down with a Karen right now, I think I can convince her pretty easily that Jesus is not white, but, but that does not mean that she's going to start caring about people of color. It's still, it's so deeply ingrained in the culture um, that even like an acknowledgement of like, okay, yeah, Jesus prob definitely wasn't white. Um, it's still been, Christianity has been co-opted by white culture, um, you know, in, in the entire Western world. Um, and so it's still like, yeah, he's in our, in their hearts and minds, he's anthropomorphized as like this God is anthropomorphized as this like white being, um, which is a is a problem for sure, and it's interesting. Like in Genesis, um, the Bible talks about like like God is talking to us. Like let's make it says this. It says let's like let's make man in our image. And it's really interesting that it's a plural. Um, and I kind of like at least in these times, I was kind of like I think that's cool because it's it's representing that like being in our image is like it's a multitude. There's a multitude of images. There's not just one. There's the there's the feminine and the masculine. There's all of these different skin types. There's all of these different in-betweens and nuances all over the place. Um, and that is God. Like God, if God is everything, if God is love and the inter interconnectedness of all things, then like um, there is no non-representation of God. Like any any human being that exists is a representation of the divine. So yeah. There, there needs to be an acknowledgement of that, and Christianity is, is falling, very short of that. Um, still, for so long now, and still in 2020. I mean, this dude that I'm talking about, um, that I'm seeing post like weird racist shit on Facebook. Like, he's a Christian. I know him because when I was 18 and a freshman in college, we went to church together. <laughs> That's how I know him. And he's the only person that I see on social media who is my age, who is posting shit that's like, like he keeps posting videos of black people like Candace Owens and shit, like saying like, I don't support this movement. And it's like, dude, you're hiding behind 
all of these like all of these voices um who are fucking really, puppets most likely yeah, puppets and and, and you and just know. need to go ahead and come out and say that you're a fucking racist like <laughs> like to the extreme well, yeah it's crazy though you you brought up the you know that part in genesis about um i'm sorry what what does it say about like loving our our own image no, it was it was God saying we're gonna create we're gonna create like humankind in our image, right? And it was so, a plural. So so that is the part that because uh, the KKK identifies as a Christian organization, and that is that is pretty much what their like most recently their leaders have said that 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 is their thing is that in our own image, and they have taken that and construed it into the white image which is hilarious because the Old Testament alone like mentions foreigners over a hundred times. As yeah, I mean, there's that <laughs> verse in, in Exodus that I sent you. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. But it's, it's Yeah, insane. the verse in Exodus that says, do not mistreat or oppress a foreigner for you were foreigners in Egypt. And I think this point has been made time and time again in America of just like, Hey, don't forget that like we're foreigners in this land. We came over and stole this fucking land. Anybody anywhere in America, we fucking stole it. We stole it. Right. So, for us now hundreds of years later, which is not that much time in the in the scheme of like modern civilization, which, you know, goes back several thousand years, um <laughs> yeah, it's just it's very silly for us to be like, "This is my country." Yeah, if you don't like it, you can get out. It's like you, what? Yeah, there's just so many mentions of this throughout the book. It's insane that it gets so misconstrued. Genesis, like speaking of us descending all from one ancestor, and loving especially those who you don't like, and like along with all those mentions of a foreigner in the old Testament, it's always a foreigner speaking to, you know, getting them justice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's insane, dude. I, it I, is insane. I and also, don't understand. Well, and what spurred this conversation, right. Was us talking about how, like how, how un Jesus is it to be a fucking uh, racist to be a fucking racist or to be against this movement because the the reality is is like Jesus was an OG fucking protester Jesus was an OG social activist he was murdered for it there are there are a few things that we know for sure historically about this this man Jesus one is that he was a Jew from Nazareth and the other is that he was fighting against, uh, like, this entire system. He was fighting against the Pharisees who were the keepers of the, of the Jewish law, right? And saying these laws are, are to benefit you and they do not benefit all people. And then he was murdered by the government for it. That's the, those are the historical facts. So Jesus today would be wearing a fuck the police t-shirt and have his fist fucking raised in the air at every single protest. Like, there's no way that Jesus wouldn't be. And so it's insane that any Christian um, would think otherwise. And it's honestly so sad that a non-Christian would have to fucking tell you that and has a better understanding than Jesus, of Jesus than you do. 
Like right. any churchgoer, any con- like regular churchgoer who doesn't understand that, it fucking boggles my mind. Um, and I think part of the problem is, is that the Bible, like, you know, the things that Jesus taught are, are like the words that he speak or, or spoke, like he doesn't, um, he's not marginalizing people. He doesn't, there's no xenophobia. There's no fucking like racism. It's, it's all about, uh, it's all about like love and inclusiveness and supporting the oppressed and, and putting the oppressed voices at the center. So women and orphans, um, like, you know, and lepers, like these are people who were on the, on the edges of society that he brought into the middle And then the Bible gets all fucked up, like, once we, you know, once we give it over to Paul to write the rest of the New Testament, and then it becomes fucked up, and, like, he says some shit that, like, Jesus probably wouldn't get down with, and the Old Testament says some shit that, like, Jesus also probably wouldn't get down with, and so there's all this other shit in the Bible um, that people can lean on to be like, well, look at what it says here, but the reality is, is, like, if you look at what Jesus said, like... Yeah, Jesus would be fucking... He would have a cap tattooed on his chest. <laughs> yeah, dude. He would be in the streets. He would, he would be... absolutely be in the streets. Marching in the streets and... I don't know, man. I was walking with uh, a friend yesterday at the protest and I'm just like, man, George Floyd is Jesus. George Floyd to me is Jesus right now. He's the modern day Jesus. This man was crucified in front of children and his fellow citizens. And now every day he fucking rises again while these people march through the streets and say his name and preach yeah. like his his good word. And it's insane that you see that Jesus story, though, of like all these apostles coming after to like share that word. And it's still falling on deaf ears in some places. Like this is still, it's insane that there's a modern day lynching has happened and captured on, on screen for people to see. And that there are still people that do not understand this movement and what it stands for. Or will just lean into the systemic side of it and be like, well, George Floyd was like a lifelong criminal. And, cl- and so yeah. he, and so he, like you know, deserved like yeah. He, I guess he shouldn't have been killed or whatever. But like, you know, what do you expect, kind of thing. And it's like, yo, what the f- what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Uh, first off, like I don't think that that's from the research that I've done. I don't think that that's factually true. Also, none of us are fucking perfect. Like, and so there's lots of like testimony of. Yeah, like maybe George Floyd made some some slips, but like he also grew up in this fucking horrible society that we have that oppresses black people. Like how could you not? How could you not if you were in in his shoes? And also apparently he did a lot of fucking good. That's what I've read is that he's done that he did a lot of good shit for a lot of people. Um and it seems like at his core he was a really really solid dude. Yeah, and um, also his, you know, he was being her- hassled about counterfeiting like a $20 bill. And that doesn't, like the sentence for that, even if, you know, confirmed and charged with that is not death it's, by it's, 
by yeah. someone putting their you know their knee on no. the back of your if neck. If it was if it was me, Daniel, it would be ten hours of community service. Buddy, you might not even gotten anything. Right. How many times how many times have you Tell been- you what? I've made a counterfeit bill and used it <laughs> in high school. Well, it's just like I think about doing things like even using a fake ID to buy beer in college, you know, those freshman, sophomore years where you're not quite yeah. 21 and, um, you know, that's that's part of that white privilege thing because that's sure. like some shit that I can do without ever thinking about what is my skin color and that is oh, dude, the, for sure for for as much I, I feel like fortunate um that i i have always had a good amount of black culture and community around me and um i just remember freshman year of college i was one of the only white dudes in the dorm in at Cal State San Bernardino and you know something would happen with like even campus police and I just kind of had this eye-opening experience that that was a different thing for me like it wasn't a big deal to me like when the cops came around or anything but you weren't worried about it no but some of my friends like I remember my my buddy Jared uh just specifically one night was just like, yo dude, like I can't talk to the cops. Like you, you go talk to the, co I'm not fucking around with these people. And like, for sure. Me just being like, what is this guy like flipping out about? And, and, and like, dude. even being immersed in that, which I like, I feel like most of my life, I I'm still being like introduced to ways I have had this white privilege as far yeah, as like my skin color never playing a part in altercations that i have and For and sure. that gets like white white people that are like new to this shit especially or maybe have heard that white privilege term thrown around the last maybe like five years of it coming out heavy and obviously it's like a big topic of conversation right now it's i think it's they easily get defensive about it yeah, because it's it sounds a, it's a, derogatory, but it's, it's a not. lack. It's a lack of understanding like what it means too. Yeah. Cause like for when sure. you break it down to say someone like, yo, this isn't about you not struggling in your life and the things that you've right. had to work hard or work through. It just, it's just like, but you don't have to worry every time you get in your car that you're going to get pulled over. And that could right. be like a, in, a situation where a cop pulls a gun or on just, you or just fucking walking around. Literally this shit happens. You're you If you're a person of color, you could just be walking around downtown and the cops pull you over and they're like, get the fuck on the ground, whatever, because you fit the profile of a crime that just happened nearby because you're black. And so now all of a sudden bogus. you are just like, like this shit is just happening to you out of, you're just minding your own fucking business. I, I, I remember uh, my first experience, like, with, I guess, like, hard experience with white privilege that, like, really shook me, where I was like, oh, damn, I need to, like, evaluate some shit, was I was fresh out of college, I was living in Boston, which is historically a very racist city, um, lots of, like, it's, you know, born out of, like, Irish Catholicism, the police there are, like, very racist, and... Um, 
I moved there like to work for this big tech company and, and there was a bunch of kids that had moved there from all across the country. Um, and a, a, a handful of my friends were from Morehouse College, which is uh, an all black college or historically black university. Um, and so I'm with these two dudes. Um, we were trying to like buy some weed in like a suburb of Boston. But like we're on like we're on some weird like side street like it's super quiet. It's the winter. It's it's really like cold outside, and like you know at the time I was still smoking cigarettes. So like I pop out of the car to smoke a cigarette while we're like waiting for this dude so that we can buy weed. And I just remember both of them because it's just me and and my two friends who are both black. And I remember both of them being like, "Dude, Andrew." yo, get back in the car right now. And I was like, guys, like so nonchalantly, just like, chill, chill. I'm just smoking a cigarette. And they're like, no, you're drawing attention to our car. And this is a fucking prop. Like, and they, they weren't saying it like that. They were like, it was, it was desperate. They were like, please put your cigarette out and get back in the car, please. Like right now, like it was, it for them, it was so serious. And at the, in the moment, I really didn't understand it, but like, yeah, I after a couple puffs, like I put my cigarette out and I got back in the car, and I remember that was super early in knowing them, and I remember um, and fucking bless these dudes for like being willing to do this, but I remember like leveling with them and just being like, like I remember them giving me a little a chat about like, yo, like this is not the same for you as it is for us. We have a lot at stake here, and if a cop rolls up on the situation, we are fucked. You'll be fine. We are fucked. You don't understand that. And they like kind of laid that out for me. And I was like, oh shit. Like in my 22 years of, ex- of existence, I had never considered that. 22 years old. Had never really like truly considered that. Maybe like a little bit, but, but not really, you know? And so they laid that out for me and I was like, fuck, I guess you're right. And, and from that point on, I remember asking them, I was like, you know, cause we had clearly hit it off and we were friends. We'd only known each other for maybe like a couple months at this point. But I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm realizing now like that I'm super fucking ignorant to all of these things. And I have a lot of questions. And like, I think because they had just come out of like this historically black college, like they were willing to like answer some of my questions, even though they were ignorant as fuck and they were coming from like such a place of privilege. But I, you know, I genuinely wanted to know. And those dudes, like they were so gracious to grant me that and set me on such a different path because without that, like experience of being friends with them and being able to just like point blank, ask them questions that were like, you know, loaded and full of privilege. And like, sometimes like, pretty racist without me even like, I'm again, not me trying to be racist, but like, that's just what, that's just what it was. Um, and they would like, they did educate me. They did school me on some of the stuff and they didn't have to, but they did. Um, and like, I'm super grateful for that. Super grateful for that. Yeah. I think it's also just like important to maybe realize too is, you know, imagine the the stress and anxiety that that has to add to your daily operations of being a person, of having to think about those things going throughout your day, you know? You don't just For get sure. to operate in the world 
as somebody just moving no. through it, you know? You got to think about shit like, oh, it's dark outside, so maybe I shouldn't walk to the park. You know, even though it's a hot night and I want to get outside, um, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. Like, I never have to think that, ever. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah, that's white privilege. Or, and, and so much, so much other stuff, too. I mean, I think really just, like, the fact that people don't recognize that, um, you know, economically, black people have been held down f- for hundreds of years. I mean, and, and ever since, like, slavery was abolished and since the civil rights movement, too, like... Yeah, yeah, dude. It's not... It's never ended. They've just found new ways to hold people of color down. So I don't... Yeah. I think holding them down is a... uh, That's a nice way of saying it, because I think it's more like fuck them over for their entire existence in this this country, you know, because... You're right. That's a polite way to say it. I've been... uh, I, I think one of the issues that I've was brought up by a friend of mine is that there's seems to be this gap too in the history teaching to us us as kids where it's like you know slavery was abolished by lincoln and then we have martin luther king and he solves the world's problems and then freedom for everyone and then barack obama is president and it's just like right. no That's all this other shit down. all this other shit happen in between and i think that's kind of the stuff that i've been diving into over the last couple of weeks and trying sure. to have some better understanding i've been listening to this really cool podcast about black wall street oh and man i don't that's know if a, you know much that's about a fucked that up story that i just learned about last year because of the hbo watchmen series i never heard of this like massacre that happened in oklahoma on black wall street in like 1919 or 1920 or whatever it was dude dude it's so it's fucking insane it's and it, insane that that was a hundred years ago yeah it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing I, I encourage people to either check that podcast or like whatever you can find about it but like the brief story is that after you know lincoln set the, the slaves free part of that process was giving them some land to get things going. And most of the the states that that was supposed to happen in, I guess, didn't really uphold. But in Oklahoma, they did a really good job of making sure that people actually got their lands. And what happened is some of, you know, some black people started doing really well for themselves. And they started having some nicer homes. And they started building like a really good economic situation within that area outside of Tulsa and some white people got jealous and they got mad that these people should not be rising above them. They were maybe doing doing a little better than they were. So they fuck them over by not letting them participate in their economy and let them shop in their places. So they create their own. And when they start rising above there's an issue there. There's just like this whole history of like, I don't understand this need to be superior to another race. And it's fucked because like, I don't know, these people that continue to just like rise from the ashes. And I don't know if they're like scared that they're going to do everything better than white people as they pretty much have been doing too, even yeah, under they, these circumstances. They, 
they fucking will. That's they, the thing. Yeah. It's like they continue they to be the top will. of like pop culture, you know? Often black people and people of color top the charts of mainstream music, you know, yeah. thing things of that nature, especially now. You know, look at like sports are dominated by black athletes and athletes of color for the most part. And right. they they would dominate hockey too, I'm sure, if hockey wasn't such a fucking privileged sport that costs so much. There's you know, that's just like not sure. something that is, yeah. is or offered tennis everywhere. Or golf or any of the like sports that require, you know, money and privilege to be able to participate in. It's just insane like I don't know. I just don't understand the uh the purpose of that but the point is is that they started to rise above in in the early 1920s and then uh you know they used some bullshit rape accusation to go burn down their entire fucking their shit and again these people are set back they murdered they slaughtered they murdered people in the streets like a bunch of white people just came into the town and just fucking just ended it. Spraying bullets. Un- yeah, unreal. And crazy to me that I went through our educational system and knew nothing about that. Uh, also crazy to me that... Because um, I remember seeing a post about this similar to what you're talking about of like, you know, this is the, this is the U.S. history that we were given. Um, yeah, slaves get freed. Um and then things are still not great, but then uh, civil rights movement comes comes along. Malcolm X like is there, but he was really mean about it, and he shouldn't have been so mean about it. But Martin Luther King was cool, uh, and then like yeah, every like black people are like liberated, and like dude, Malcolm X like like I just recently read his his autobiography, and like that dude was a powerful motherfucker, and he like. He was everything that the system was scared of because he was going to be and he knew it. He knew he was going to get murked for it. He was like the black savior because he was the one who was saying, like, stand in your power, stand in your blackness, um, like know that you have everything that they have and more. Um, And that was a message that like the FBI did not want to get out into society. Um, and well, that they, dude's life story is super fucking interesting. Um, and he was like, yeah, man, he gave some speeches that like are really, really fucking powerful. Um, and, and I understand, especially at that time, but even now I would understand someone like Malcolm X getting up and saying like, we are going to fight for ourselves by any means necessary because look at what the police are doing to these protesters now in 2020. Imagine what they were doing in the 19 fucking sixties when there were no cell phones, there were barely any cameras there. They were just fucking like, dude, they would grab people and just throw them in the fucking river, like beat the shit out of them and then throw them in the river. And who the fuck knows what happened to those people? Like the police have been fucking with black people and murdering them for since the dawn of police. That's like why they were created essentially. Right. And so even now, like even how with do the you cell not, phones, how not, do you not get a Malcolm X? And then, yeah, even now, but it's not, just amazing to me that like 
our my white upbringing like what was taught to me was essentially like well malcolm x like was a was for black rights but like he was too extreme he was an extremist but it's like if you really understand the history it's like why wouldn't you be extreme and not saying that martin luther king wasn't extreme because in a lot of ways he was as well and we've sort of like just whitewashed him to be like you know this thing for our own understanding of of black liberation which never really happened and like even if you look at yeah like segregation and things like that like shit is still very segregated throughout the u.s yeah in major cities like yeah the whole thing is still fucked like not a lot has changed and it's amazing that we were taught growing up as white people like yeah like that we had fixed this problem we fixed this in the 1960s and it's like nah we like barely touched it yeah but it's not and it's not just being taught to us as white people like they're teaching this to everyone you know they're teaching this to immigrants of this country dude like that you know america's the savior pretty much thing and uh that is not the case and uh it's pretty it's pretty wild i just uh yeah, I don't know. I haven't been able to think about much else this uh, this past couple weeks. Who has? I think some people it doesn't bother the same, and that's not even like a shot at them. I think some people can like put it off to the side, and maybe you're better at managing it a little bit. Where I've sure. kind of been sure. like, I don't know, man. I've never. Uh, I've always fucked with the black lives matter movement for sure and like i think felt something every time there's been something unjust that has happened and and protested about but this one this like i i think i'm just with this enough is enough kind of thing at this point and i've never been so fired up about something and i can't i can't stop right now like it's become my my priority i think to like learn more and i think but also a part of it has to be how to balance it out more because i don't want to burn out on it right i think that's also an important thing is like this is a long fight and it's been really fucking cool to see how much this protesting has done just over two weeks how much change has Mm -hmm. already happened and i think it's really incredible and uh to, yeah, but to, not a lot of changes happened in Portland. Yeah, I mean, small, so keep small gains, small gains, and we're going to keep going. But it's also like not just what happens after this month, you know, and, and some of these for things sure. changes. It's like, how do we, you know, shoot for the future of like creating a more balanced thing and, right. uh, you know, just cleaning up some of these unjust situations is is pretty wild but i just like want to i want to pay more attention and i have been i've never been this active about anything yeah you know i've never been seeking out information of like what groups do i fuck with and what groups do i want to help out or even donate $20 if I can this week to this bail fund or do I want to you know place it more in this this food right. for people or like how do i find out 
how and to I volunteer do, and I do want to give I do want to give a quick shout out to people like you who are who are in this movement um, and doing their best to try to support it from every angle because what's being asked of of us essentially is the equivalent of like taking a college level course on uh, on race in America or maybe like a couple and being able to use that to make the appropriate decisions. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that's super overwhelming. It um, is. It is I overwhelming think, for I me. I think to just, just to reiterate, like there are a lot of ways that you can support this. And, and, and I think what I've heard from, from the black leaders of this movement is like, you know, show up at protests if you can, uh, donate money if you can. That's a great way to use your privilege. Like if you are white and you have some extra cash, like throw that extra cash in the right place. But at the same time, like be uh, smart about where you put your money and like do some research. Don't don't be lazy about it because um, it's really easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to give my money to, you know, whatever organization. Um, yeah, but... I think we're we're starting to like pull apart which organizations are doing good and which ones are like overfunded or which ones are so it but it's a lot it's a lot and it and it can feel overwhelming um and I would say like if you feel overwhelmed by this and feel sort of like just frozen then like just reach out to another white friend that you know is like a part of this movement don't reach out to a person of color, reach out to another white friend and just like hit them up and be like, can, can we work through this together? Like I need some help so that I can be a part of this movement. I think that that's what we need. Like we need to band together as white people to figure out how we can, can best be a part of this movement. Cause we're, we're all working on educating ourselves and so we can help educate each other as well. Um, yeah. And it's, it is a lot and it's intimidating um, and it can be discouraging when like something comes out like the, the eight can't wait campaign, you know, which was like these, these eight, uh, police reforms that like should, should be rolled out immediately in every city. And then it comes, comes to light that like, well, no, that's not going to like, that's going to require more police funding and it's going to, it's not really going to help. Um, and there were a lot of people that were supporting that, like in its early days, like it's it's difficult, you know. We're gonna make mistakes, um, but yeah, we're we can all learn from each other, um, and I think that like ultimately we're stronger together. And if you believe in the movement, um, then yeah, you just got to stay open to like being wrong about shit. Um, and it goes back to like what I was talking about earlier, just like recognizing that like how could you how could you not be wrong about shit. Like it's what's been, it's what's been fed to you your entire fucking life. This process of unlearning is so deep. So yeah, if like you want to be a part of the movement, it's going to be fucking hard and heavy and like, you're going to fuck up. And like, I'm sure that I've already said things in this podcast that are probably like maybe kind of racist or kind of insensitive, or I don't know. It's it's very possible. 
Yeah. There's there's just no way around it. Um, I do want to recommend. I watched something this week that was like so fucking powerful and really fired me up. Um, which is this Netflix series called When They See Us, which came out about a year ago, which is about the Central Park Five, um, which is a group of teenage boys ages between 14 and 16, five of them who were wrongfully convicted of the rape and attempted murder of this woman in Central Park in 1989, um, and all spent a ton of time in prison for it, uh, any ranging from like seven to 13 years. Um, and then we're all exonerated because none of them did it. And someone else came out and said that he did it. And they had the DNA evidence to prove that it was him. And he said he acted alone. And like, so those are innocent children who went to jail for upwards of 13 years for some shit that they didn't do because they were fucking black. And the story is, it's powerful. It's a dramatization. Uh, The director and writer definitely takes a couple artistic liberties in terms of the facts of what happened, but they're loose. Like they're not, they're not like crazy sweeping artistic liberties. They don't change any like major facts. They're like really minor little things here and there. Overall, like I think that story will tell you what, it will show you what, black people, what people of color deal with in America. Um, and, and that's an old story too. And that story's yeah. fucking 30 years old now. Um, yeah, man, they, people have been portraying this stuff in art for, you know, as long as those things have existed, as long as they've had those right. lanes, lanes to do it. You know, I think for sure. that you've heard it. Um, man, rap music has, has been such a, eye-opening experience in in that sense because they they paint a picture i think so well with so many records and kind of give you some insight into this this experience that may not be yours and i think for a long time before there was so much social media and everybody had a, a video camera in their in their pocket you know a lot of people just thought that this wasn't really a reality and I think those things of like seeing these police shootings and brutality like go down, it's just like, oh yeah, all this shit that people have been talking about in this music for the last 30 years, this right. is all real shit, you know? The last right. 60 years, you know, it's it's all... Yeah, NWA wasn't saying fuck the police in the 90s for no fucking reason. <laughs> right, dude. Like... Yeah. Yeah. And I think that... The, f- the first episode of When They See Us in particular, like, maybe you don't have time for the full series. Fine. Watch the first episode. Watch this dramatization of the police interrogating these fucking children, 14, 15 years old. Watch them interrogate them. That is, that's some real shit that happens. You can't watch that and tell me that that's not some real shit that the police do because that's exactly what they fucking do. And we all fucking know it. And when you see it the way that they portray it, it will shake you to your fucking core. Like, it is... Yeah. And this is what's been happening. That's in, that was in fucking 1989. This is Who knows what the fuck was happening in 1920? Oh, wait, we kind of know, like, people were murdering entire towns. Right. Yeah, this is some this is some fucked up shit that goes 
back like really far. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of good shit to check out. I know that 13th, that Netflix documentary has been brought up a lot recently. Uh, I saw that when it it's first so came good. out. It's and so good. If you have not seen that, I think that's like a very uh, good thing. It, it breaks things down in a very simple way, I think, of understanding. Yeah, it really helps you understand like why, why would people of color be so upset with the system as it is right now because us white folk like we sit here and we're like i mean shit's not that bad right like equal rights and whatnot and it's like no this shows like that there are not equal rights and it's it's all like underneath the current so it's like shit that you can't see um it's not built to protect everybody that's for sure and no the laws have been crafted to make it so that i mean even if you just look at like the example of like sentencing for cocaine versus crack which is basically the same fucking drug uh but cocaine is yeah, more expensive it, it, it is and the is, same drug and is more you know like regularly consumed by white people the sentencing for cocaine is pretty loose the sentencing for crack uh based on laws that have put in place like is super fucking harsh this yeah. is part of the war on drugs, like that was that was set in place against people of color. Um, yeah, and, and that's just like one tiny example. I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's just like loophole after loophole, like giving people the opportunity to get super good at being a barber or something like that in prison knowing that that is a skill that someone with a felony on their record will never be able to to do under current law because you can't have clippers because they're seen as a weapon when you have a felony so you're just like teaching people skills that they can't even use and giving them the time to do so when you went to if you go to prison for a felony your life is so fucked it is so fucked. And so many people of color have gone to prison for a felony that one, they did not commit, or two, was drug related, or three, was like some bullshit third strike. Um, but w- I think people don't understand like, when you come out of jail, when you come out of prison as a felon, your life is so limited. You cannot associate with any other felons. Like, it's incredibly difficult for you to get a job, you know? Like, this is why the system sort of perpetuates itself. Um, yeah, you're bound to just be back in prison soon. It's why prison is basically modern-day slavery, and especially when you look at, like, one, the fact that our, our prisons are, like, largely privatized, and two, the fact that we have, like, actual prison labor. Like, there are, like, prisoners are being exploited and they they are forced to do labor for like you know five cents an hour whatever the fuck they get like basically nothing um yeah to do this work for these companies that profit from it it's it's just modern day slavery it's it's what it is um and especially when you look at like the percentage of of black people that are in the prison system it's it's staggering um and i yeah i just it's mind blowing to me the people that want to like cherry pick these little facts here and there to 
to try to say like, well, Bill Clinton was, you know, was a Democrat and he supported like this crime bill. And, you know, that's actually where all this shit comes from. And it's like, yo, no, this shit goes back to the very beginning. Like it goes back to the beginning and it never ended. Like, fuck Bill Clinton. Who fucking cares? Like the whole system has been against black people forever. It's never not been. Doesn't matter who the player is, like, it's just the system has never not been against black people. It's yeah. always been against them. For sure, man. It's uh, it's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. I was gonna tell you something. I don't remember now though. So, I just want to bring up uh, something that I saw that I thought was was pretty good in terms of like a biblical reference to this, um, which is Jesus's parable of the lost sheep. Um, so for all the people feeling like black lives matter is, uh, some kind of, some kind of, uh, like hit against them as a non-black person, like Jesus had, tells this parable of, of, uh, a shepherd that has a hundred sheep and when one walks away, he goes, he leaves the 99 to go get the one. It's not that the 99 don't matter. It's that the 99 are fucking chilling. Yeah. And it's the one that he needs to go get. And so, like, that's what we're talking about is that, like, we're, we're chilling. We're part of the 99. We got to go fight for the one right now. Yeah, because it doesn't matter without the one. Exactly. And like I've I've heard this saying too, which I think is really powerful, which is that like if you want to say like all lives matter, like you got to understand that like all lives don't matter until Black lives do matter, and they that clearly is correct don't right now. So yeah, and also like if you fuck with this blue lives matter shit, you're a moron because there's no such thing as a blue life. That is not a thing you that you just are born into this world as a blue person no. or a blue no. life. You choose to be a cop. That is not the same thing. That can't yeah, be fuck a fucking that. thing. So fuck all that. And uh, and I would encourage people to read. There's a great uh, op-ed on Medium. Uh, I guess Medium is like all opinion pieces probably, I think. But anyways, written by an ex-cop. Um, that basically says like, he's basically like, if you don't think that all cops are bastards, like maybe you'll believe it. If you hear it straight from the pig's mouth, that is what he says. And then he goes on to say how like, yeah, he did a lot of good, you know, like, but he also did a lot of fucking bad and he watched a lot of fucking bad and he didn't do anything about it. And that's the system. And, like, defunding the police is not about saying that, like, we shouldn't have, you know, if something violent is happening, that we shouldn't have a task force that can handle that. But, like, if my neighbor has a dog that's barking forever and ever and ever and I need to be, like, and I go over there and they won't do anything about it and I need to, like, get someone else involved, I shouldn't call the police. I should be yeah. able to call someone else. We don't need an armed officer to no. come for we just need some someone sort of else disturbance who's like trained that. in like this kind of discourse to come over and be like, listen, you need to bring your dog inside. Like it's disturbing the neighborhood. It's past 10 PM, whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. 
It's crazy, man. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Part of that training needs to be a heavy dose of LSD, I think, for all officers before you're uh before you're anointed an officer. I think you uh I think you got to do that, but I don't know. Like you were saying earlier, I know this can be overwhelming. It's been super overwhelming for me, but also think about how overwhelming this is to be a person of color or be a black person like like that I don't know. It can't compare. Right. And also for everybody for everybody who feels like, you know, I just want to like I just want my life to be like a normal like, you know, I'm not trying to like get caught up in all this hate and all this whatever. Um just keep in mind that like that's that's white privilege. Is that you get to opt out. You have the option to opt out. Black people have to live every day. Like, they don't get to opt out. Ever. Yeah. Every single day for them is, like, they're a part of a system that is against them. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, you were talking about how you kind of got to do, like, almost a college course uh, on mm-hmm. racism to kind of, you know, navigate these waters and learn. But on on a more simple level, you know, this is all just about showing love for people and for sure. black people, right? Like these are the people that we and need to like show love for and lift up right now. And like that's the simple part of it. And like it doesn't have to be for, that complicated. Right. And also love for white people who don't fucking get it. And what I mean by that is like I feel like it's really, and, and and I'm speaking for myself right now, like, I struggle with white people who don't fucking get it. And I want to just be like, you stupid motherfucker, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get, get it the fuck together. Um, but the real, like, l- loving move for them is to kind of meet them where they're at and try to help guide them through this. Like, they are still a person... Um, like they are still a part of humanity. Um, and that doesn't mean that like you accept their beliefs or the shit that they do. You absolutely don't. That's, that's not, that wouldn't be real love, but real love is like meeting them where they're at and like calling them out for the shit that they're doing and trying to have those hard conversations. I know I have a handful of relatives that I have, that I could have some hard conversations with that I'm putting off right now. Um, because I don't know them that well, you know, like some distant uncles or whatever. Um, but those are conversations I think I should have that I should at least voice. But, but if I approach it from a place of hate, like they're not going to hear fucking anything. So you got to let them know that like you love them as a person and that you respect their humanity. Um, but you also out of love think that they are super fucking wrong about this issue. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit of both. It's some tough love shit, you know, where like you got to you got to get tough on some people in your life, but you got to you got to lead with love for sure. Um and I think if you lead with hate, it's it's easy to lead with hate and it is like the tendency, I think especially for myself looking at a movement like this, like anyone who's sort of just like you know, I don't know, like super against it or anything like that. Um, 
it is the tendency to hate them but like you gotta you gotta find some love for like them and their humanity um and that's sort like you know jesus talks about that the bible talks about that um I think that gets misconstrued in a lot of ways when we read verses that talk about like, we are all God's children, blah, 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 blah. Um, but like, if you want to take that from like a humanitarian level, um, yeah, know that like people are capable of change. And if enough people rise up against them and say like, listen, like this is wrong. I mean, there was a time in America where the majority of Americans thought that slavery was okay. Yeah. Now there's like almost nobody in America that thinks that slavery is okay. So change is possible. People can change. And if not them, at least you could plant the seed that maybe their fucking kids will get it. Whatever. I don't know. But like these are conversations that need to be had between white people. Gotta show compassion for the enemy for sure. But I think it's also um, at a certain point, you got to tell those people to to fuck off. And the ones that aren't ready to hear it, you know, that John sure. the Baptist. It's not everybody's job to go have a hard conversation with your racist uncle. Yeah. You know, not everybody's equipped to do that. And I get that for sure. But I will say that, like, if you're going to hate the other side, like, the only person that that's really hurting is you. And I'm not saying that you don't have contempt for the other side, um, that you don't strongly fucking disagree with the other side. Um, and again, like I'm very much speaking for myself right now um, and talking to myself, but like, yeah, like hatred for the other side. I mean, Martin Luther King said it like the darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And that but doesn't mean Malcolm that you like agree, love you know? unconditionally and set like love is such a weird term in English. Um, because it it's been co-opted into like so into this very like watered down form, but I think for someone who's against um, equality for everybody, love like means those hard conversations. It means standing up for what you believe in and like pushing against that. Daryl. Oh hey. I lost you for a second. I lost you at a nice clean part, though. I lost you right when you said the uh, the light part of Martin Luther King. Yeah, yeah. And I and I was just saying, uh, what about what would Malcolm say, though? You know, <laughs> bring the heat. That's what Malcolm would say. Yeah, but I think <laughs> here's the thing, though, that people that I think Malcolm is like so misunderstood is that his extremism, as as white people would call it. And I think people of color wouldn't call it that. Um, but that was also born out of love, you know, love for his own people, love for something different. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like a, it was definitely not a like kill white people message. That's not what he was saying at all. But that's what his message was like co-opted to into history was he wanted to like hurt white people. Right. That's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to protect his own people and to bring his own people up in a system that was so oppressive to his people that like he recognized that it might require some force in certain situations. That was it. That was it. 
He just recognized that, like, in certain situations, it might require you fucking throwing some hands. And then that was the reality, you know? That was the reality. And that doesn't mean that you don't love those people, but, like, hey, man, if someone's coming to you like that, like, yeah, you got to fight for what you believe. Yeah. Jesus did. Yeah, he fucking died for it. He died for it. And uh, what we're trying to say, Bible Buds, is we here, as your hosts of Bible Buds, we fuck with the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, we think you should, too. Because it's the right thing to do is to support our uh, fellow brothers and sisters. Like, that's what the fucking Bible says throughout the whole thing. And... uh, uh, maybe maybe someone will uh, be able to explain it to me one day why there's so I don't know why why Christians are getting it so fucking wrong across America right now. Yeah, how you can identify as a racist and a Christian is uh, mind-boggling to me, and it's a goddamn travesty. Um, let me let me read to you Hebrews chapter thirteen. Uh, this is verse two. This is uh yeah, just from the top here. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as, as, as if you were in their fellow prisoners. And those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Like, it's right there, baby. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Like you never know when you're talking to angels. We're all part of this, man. Like you like like you love to say not, n- we're all just out here. None of us we asked, are. None of us just none of us asked to be here. We all just got put into this fucking thing together and some of us got dealt a bullshit fucking hand. But and that we bullshit need to, and we need to rail against that. We need to rail against that bullshit fucking hand. We just need to not make it like having a different skin color should not be a bullshit hand. Right. Like that is obviously going to take years upon years. But yeah, man, like could you imagine having to like you want to raise your kids in this shit if you have children? You want to be... You imagine just like being a black person or a person of color and sending your kid to school every day, just hoping they don't have some bullshit encounter, like whether they're doing something wrong or how about not being, doing something how about wrong being or a just black like parent and knowing that kid? for sure your child will face that. Yeah. Without know, a doubt. Man. Like my parents never had to deal with that. Every no. black parent in America knows that their child at some point is going to face, like, every form of racism. Yeah. And just, like, I don't know. Those are the things that make it very easy for me to, like, all right, put those things in perspective, and then how do you not stand with this movement when you think about those things? Right, right. And especially if you're Christian, like, and what Jesus stood for, which is he stood for the oppressed. Like, that's what he got murdered for, was standing up for people who did not have a voice in society. 
um, and railing against laws that were like set up to only serve those who did have a voice. For sure. That's what he was all about. He was a fucking revolutionary. He was an ex- he was an extremist. That's why he was murdered. And it's amazing that all of these fucking, you know, white people in America are now followers of Jesus and don't understand his core fucking message, which is not just like love everybody, man. Like it's fight for those who do not have a voice in society. You have to stand up for them. You have to fight for them. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, man. I definitely will include uh, the the link to a Google Doc for people that want some more information on, on organizations that are super helpful in this time. We'll put some links down there and whatnot. Maybe some links to some of our uh, some favorite things, you know, some of those books and those documentaries and whatnot. All that jazz. Educate yourself. I know that's the other thing is like a lot of people don't have the time almost to devote to doing shit like this. This is like maybe a unique time where we're still in the midst of like a quarantine situation for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's hard to work like a 40 to 50 hour work week and then come home and not just think about like the black lives matter movement, but you know, politics in general of like these people that are put in positions of power. Yeah. People work a full day. They want to come home. They want to unwind. And I understand that. But I think, um, like my pushback against that would be, um, black people don't ever really get to unwind and definitely not in today's, in what's happening right now. They don't get to unwind at all. Yeah. So like, if you can't show up to a protest, fine. But the least you could do, if you haven't seen the 13th, um, if you haven't read the new Jim Crow, like whatever media you want to take that information in, if you don't understand systemic racism, if that's like, and that's okay if you don't. It's, again, like we're talking like, we're talking sort of college level understanding of, um, of these issues. So if you don't understand those, issues then just like sacrifice one of your evenings to educate yourself the 13th is a great way to do it it's packed into just like under two hours and like yeah it's going to be fucking hard and and um it's going to make you really fucking uncomfortable but like it'll also wake you up to like why people are fucking pissed right now yeah I think also just try to realize that this uh, this movement exists after these protests are over, and we don't know when these protests are going to be over for, you know, this this particular injustice going on. I would assume it, it'll keep going until like people are charged with the murders of Breonna Taylor and and others aside from the George Floyd going on. But like after this is over, this movement continues to go forward and there's mm-hmm. still, you know, more, more shit to, to be aware of. So, you know, dial into something. If you got the time, don't just listen to us. Cause we're fucking idiots or I am. I don't want to speak yeah, for Andrew. No, me too. I'll raise my hand to that. But also, you know, have some conversations with people. 
and uh, try not to uh, try to make yeah just don't make this a black people or people of color don't make this their issue that they have to deal with they've been dealing with it long enough and experiencing it long enough so listen pay attention fucking talk to each other and uh i don't know smoke some weed reflect on it read the fucking bible god damn it dude if you're racist and christian i you're you've you've missed the boat i don't know where i don't i don't even know what to i don't know what to do with you i don't i don't know what jesus did with people like you but you're you're fucking i will say this when you die and go to heaven jesus will just give you a golden shower and then kick you in the face down to hell (laughs) that's what's gonna happen if you're fucking christian and racist um but yeah for real i don't know if you have a perspective you want to share then hit us up send us an email send us a dm um we're doing our best to get some more guests on this show and uh We'll, we will. I just want everybody also to know that we have not intentionally only brought on white males to come talk to us about religion. We've, we've, we're trying to reach out to a, a more diverse group. It's just the yeah. people that have responded uh, early on have been white males and happen to. Uh, and also know. to just to check our own shit. Like it's also a lot of our, you know, our friends who we know, the people that we know, a lot of the people that we're close with are white males. So we got to, we got to venture out a little bit, um, into, uh, other people that we've known in our lives that maybe we weren't as close with and convince them to come tell their stories. Um, and I think we'll, we'll be able to do that. Uh, yeah, we're going to do it, bud. Hey, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, don't forget to take a break out there though. If you need some, you know, if you need something funny, you need some laughs those are available too it's good to uh it's good to take a minute to laugh but uh you know do some shit with urgency too these people uh need urgency with these these things going on and is that it daryl i think that might be it do you think we're canceled yet it's possible we'll see I'm not worried about it. Stay rooted in your shit. Smoke, pray, love. And uh, be more like Jesus because he wasn't a fucking racist. I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely not. No. (laughs) No, Jesus would say, he would say, bless up everybody. (laughs) Bless up everybody. Yeah, baby.